Well, hey, hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 37 and also session number five of Ask Scott. This is something that I started, well, five weeks ago uh, because I receive a lot of questions from all of you and you uh, I really want to answer them. So what I decided to do is put together an episode dedicated to just answering uh, questions. So this way here, you get the answers. So it's kind of like us sitting in a room and we're just kind of, you know, going back and forth and you're asking questions and I'm giving you my my opinions and, you know, my advice as far as what I think that you should do. Or if I can't, I can at least guide you to where you need to go. So this again is session number five of Ask Scott. All right. And I'm going to try to do these, like I said, every Friday. At least that's what it looks like right now. So we're going to keep trying to go on that path. The other thing I want to say real quick is if you have a question that you want answered and maybe highlighted and answered on the show, you can just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and uh, you'll find the little voicemail tab right there. So uh, please leave your name though when you do that. I get some people that aren't leaving their name, so it's hard for me to call you out by name. All right. So the other thing is I wanted to give you a little bit of an Amazon business update of mine. Okay. I wanted to give you this here because a lot of times, you know, I get asked, you know, like just different things as far as like, you know, what's working this week, what isn't working, what are you doing to, to continually, you know, improve your business. So I kind of wanted to just give you this too, just really quickly, just to give you a little update. Product number one is my main seller right now. It's the one I started with back in October, and that, that's the one that's doing the bulk of the sales. That one there, I've been recently playing around with the price. I've been having that thing stuck right around $19.95 to $21.95, and it's been doing well, but I've been noticing some people coming into the space, and you're going to notice this, and uh, so what I've been wanting to try to do is kind of spike the sales a little bit because my BSR currently is right around $600 to $700, and I was noticing that it was starting to creep right around 900 and I was losing some sales. So what I wanted to do as an experiment is lower the price quite a bit, actually by $4 to spike the sales and hopefully get into the top 100. And I'm going to see if that takes my 50 sales per day and can bring it to a 75 or even a hundred sales per day. Again, an experiment that I'm going to play around with. Yesterday was the first official day that I did that and I did uh, improve the sales. I went from like, I think the day before I went like 42 or 45 sales uh, right on up to, I think it was 63 sales. So it definitely made a difference. And here's the thing. If you do, you know, try to compete on price, you are going to be kind of constantly battling that. So that's not my objection. My objection is to maybe do it temporarily to get more reviews. So that way my conversion rate is higher, even if I'm, you know, going off a of price. So again, it's just an experiment, but I wanted to kind of give you a little heads up on that. Product number two is the one I've had out kind of, uh, Second longest, obviously, it's product number two, but that one there has kind of been stuck a little bit because I haven't had inventory, a lot of inventory to do any type of promotion. So I recently, actually yesterday, started a promotion, and I'm not going to share how I did the promotion with a with a giveaway or a dollar ninety five offer yet. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal that until I get the statistics back and see if it's a service that I want to continue to use. But I will definitely let you know that if I am happy with it. And that particular um, that particular promotion is dollar ninety five. And I'm planning to giving 20 units away per day for five days consecutively. And yesterday I did that and I gave away 19 uh, units. And basically the way it works is you, you tell them how many codes you want to give away and they'll do their, their best to, to get those codes redeemed. And I was able to get 19 out of 20 codes. So not too bad. But by doing that, it took my BSR from like a 27 or a 30,000 
all the way to 3,000. So what that also helped me do is it helped me realize that if I was able to get just 20 sales consistently every single day, that my BSR would be around 3,000. So that also helps me when I'm looking at other products in this space that I know if someone has a 3,000 BSR, it's probably doing about 20 sales per day. So again, another way to kind of see what your market and your category is doing. The third thing, or the, the third thing, the third product that we just released literally about a week ago has been doing phenomenal. I turned on pay-per-click just as I as I, uh, as I I mentioned in uh, the podcast where I talk about the PPC, which is, uh, you can find that at theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC, and uh, you'll hear my little strategy there on that, and that's exactly what I did, and by doing that, I'm already getting sales, and I've sold one of the bundles, or actually not one, I sold six of the bundles, which is priced at $29.95. Uh, which is the one I really want to sell the most of because that's like $17, $18 profit. And then I've sold a couple of the single units uh, also as well. But I've spent about $80, $90 on on pay-per-click. So it's definitely about a a little bit more than a break-even right now, which I'm fine with. And if you have listened to me in the past, you know that I'm all about fueling it with pay-per-click to get myself in the organic search. Uh, So again, I know I'm kind of giving you guys a mouthful here, but I really wanted to highlight this stuff because this is what I'm actively doing right now. All right, so... That's what I wanted to say, and I will be reporting back on this and kind of giving you the update and the play-by-play, so stay tuned for that. All right, so the next thing I want to mention real quick before we get into the questions is the Facebook group. Our Facebook group is freaking awesome, and I just think that the community out there right now that we're building here is definitely, definitely just so active, so helpful, and so many people are saying it's the best one that they belong to, and there's a bunch of them out there. Right now, we're currently at 2,400 members, and I'm really, literally approving like 100 new people a day, so it's growing rapidly, and again, we're, we're going to keep that so where it's focused, so if there's people in there trying to promote review groups or any of that stuff, they're going to be banned, um, so don't get in there thinking you're going to promote stuff like that because that stuff is not going to happen because I don't want people to get flushed out because of that. All right, so I want it to just be value. That's it, period. All right, so the other thing I want to say on that is if you are not part of that group and you want to become part of that group, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash FB, F as in Frank, B as in boy, and uh, that would be awesome. You can go over there and uh, check it out. The other thing is, is you can leave a picture of yourself, and I've had a bunch of people already do that, which I've kind of requested in some of the other shows that I've done, is once you get in there, you know, if you're on a walk or if you're in a bus or wherever you are listening, uh, go ahead and take a picture of yourself, post it in the group. I'd love to see you, and all the members would like to see you. It just really makes the group more personal. And I really, really love that. So go ahead and do that. That would be awesome. Last thing, and then we're going to get into it, I promise, is, and I always like to do this, is to highlight the uh, iTunes reviews that we that we have coming in. They're always coming in, and it's just continually growing. Uh, but this one here came in from Jody Claggett. I hope I pronounced your name right. Uh, basically says, love the step-by-step approach, five stars. Scott, you're filling a lot of the gaps for me, where other podcasts are just glossing over the fine details. Those details and your step-by-step approach to selling through Amazon and private label products is making your podcast so valuable to me. Thank you. And you know what? That's everything right there wrapped up into a nutshell, exactly what I wanted when I created this. I wanted something that was going to fill in those gaps just like I wanted because I was feeling the same way. And I feel that this podcast is definitely doing that. So thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. So let's just, let's dive right into the questions and let's listen to the first one and then I will give you my answer and we'll listen to a few more. Hey, Scott. 
This is Sunil. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I love everything you're doing, but what really resonates with me is the fact that everything you do is ultimately for your family. You're constantly pushing yourself to the limit, and at the end of the day, it's for your loving wife and beautiful kids. To me, that signifies everything a man should be. You're a true inspiration, Scott, and I wish you the very best. My question is about my first product. Within my niche, I'm on the fence between reinventing the wheel and creating a unique product with little competition, or sticking with what is proven to work and lightly modifying it for my own brand. Which route would be ideal for my first product? I value your advice. Keep up the great work. Take care, man. Hey, Sunil, thank you so much for the question. And I have to say, you know, my mind is just so fragmented right now with the podcast and my Amazon business and everything that's going on uh, that I I feel like I've I've already answered this question, but maybe I did in my head. So if I did answer this question on another episode, not in the Ask Scott, but I was starting to, or I was answering these also on the the, podcast. the weekly podcast show, and then I started doing the Ask Scott. So if I did, I apologize, but I really think that this needed to be talked about anyway, so we're going to answer it again if I did, but I apologize if I did. Uh, but yeah, what what he's asking is really, you know, should I go out after a product right now that I think is going to sell and that I think the market is going to want? And my thoughts on that right out of the gate is no, I would not go down that path. And so many people that I talk to on this either you know, one-on-one or just friends, they say they have this great idea, but then the first thing I ask is, is there one selling on Amazon? And if they say no, then I say, pause that idea. Don't get rid of it. Pause that idea. And then from there, you're going to want to find a product that's related to that, that is already selling. And then you can go down that avenue because it's proven that it's selling, right? We want to prove the concept here. And as long as we can prove the concept, then we can just do the marketing and get the product and get it into Amazon. And then we know we've got a pretty good chance of making sales. Now, the thing is, is if you are building this brand around the idea that you had, then eventually you can release that into your Amazon uh, platform, okay? Because now, you know, you already have that channel established within your brand. And then you can, you know, you can start to, you know, roll out products that you think might be a good fit. So don't reinvent the wheel. That's really what I think here is, you know, go after something that's working to get yourself some success right out of the gate. And then that'll motivate you to keep going. And then from there, you can start broadening that uh, you know, definitely, I would definitely say to do that. So that would be my advice on that. And like I said, if you're starting out, if you're listening to this and you're starting out, you do not want to go after something that you think is going to work. You want something that you know is going to work. Uh, and like I said, I mean, it's just, it's going to make your, uh, your motivation and everything stay a lot higher, which is then going to motivate you to find the product number two and three and four and keep moving through this process. So, uh, yeah, I would not reinvent the wheel. That is my take on it. And oh, by the way, in the beginning there, you're talking about all, you know, just the lifestyle and the kids and all that stuff. It's 100% true. And that's another reason why I really wanted to to play this is because I know a lot of you out there listening, thinking to yourself, you know, I want to be able to spend that time with my family and stuff. I mean, I've got a baseball game at four o'clock today uh, with my son and I'm going to be there because everything else is put on hold. And that's what this lifestyle has, or this business has created for me is the lifestyle to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So, I really appreciate you acknowledging that and also knowing that that's what you want because I know a lot of you listening, that is what you want. So I just wanted to say it's it's just refreshing to hear that I'm not the only one that wants that type of lifestyle. All right, so with that all being said, let's jump into the next question. Hi, Scott. This is Lisa. I just wanted to first off say thanks for all your hard work on these podcasts. They've 
definitely given some great answers for my Amazon business. My question for you is regarding variations with private labeling and having a product that has multiple variations. What's the best way to approach this in terms of keywords listing? Is it best to have different keywords in all the different variations or do they just go off of the one product that's selling the most of that variation. I'm kind of confused on how to approach the variations. So thanks again. Hey Lisa, thanks so much for the question. And you know, I can I can probably remember your name really well because my wife's name is Lisa. So uh, <laughs> when I seen your name, I'm like, oh, I can remember that. And I'm terrible at remembering names. So uh, yeah, I'll remember yours. Uh, yeah, it's a great question, and it's something that I'm just getting into right now. To be honest with you, my third product has four variations, and I had mentioned this before, and I'm really excited about it because it does allow you to have you know this opportunity to really put in more keywords into not just the front of the listing, but the back end of the listing. See, Amazon gives you per variation, okay? And if you are listening and you don't know what a variation is, it's basically you have a parent, okay, which is kind of like a parent and a child. You have a parent, which is the top of the cat or the not the category, a top of the listing. So it's the main listing. Uh, so, for example, if you had something, uh, let's see here, if you had, I'm going to go back to garlic presses, if you had a garlic press, but then you had different size garlic presses, well, then each size or each color, let's say, let's say you had a red one, a blue one, and a green one, you know, you would have the garlic press would be the main parent, and then the child would be the variations of that particular item, and it allows you to do a lot of different things, actually, and I'm finding this myself. Uh, one thing is it does allow you to have uh, you know, more listings under one listing, so you're going to be able to cover more, more area. The other cool thing is, is you're going to also get reviews on, let's say, the red one, the blue one, and the green one, and when you do that, it collectively puts the reviews on the, on the top of the parent listing. So it'll show all of the reviews. You don't know if the review came from the green one or the red one or wherever. So that's the other benefit of the variations. So, but your question was keywords. And this is something that I, you know, someone had just kind of brought to my attention and, uh, and it really makes a lot of sense is on the back end of your listing, you have a spot there to put in, I believe five keywords. Well, you're going to be able to, let's say for variation number one, the red one, you can go ahead and put five keywords in there that are related to that particular item, right? And it's the same item, it's just different color. So it's gonna be, you know, keywords that are related to that. Then the next variation, let's say it's the green one, you're gonna be able to get five additional keywords that are going to be able to be put in there that are, again, related, but they're different. So now it's like you have four spots. If you have four variations, you have four spots to put in five keywords, that's 20 keywords versus one listing only having five. So that's my answer. Yes, you you do want to uh, create more uh, keywords in there. And this may change too. If you're running any pay-per-click or anything and you're running auto campaigns and you can see the suggested keywords that Amazon is giving you, you might want to go ahead and start plugging them in and then kind of see uh, which ones are your higher converting ones. And then obviously you want to start plugging them in. So again, it's stuff that can be done over time. You don't have to stick to these forever. And it's these are not, we're not talking about doing these in your headings. We're talking about doing these in the, on the back end 
end of the, the, the listing, which is you know in your seller's central account when you go into edit that particular listing. So I hope that answered your question. Uh, again, like I said, there's a, a ton you can do with variations, but starting out when you have variations, you know, if you're if it's your first product. I would probably stay away from that unless you're doing something on a low ticket price, something that's really inexpensive that you're going to bundle. Because the cool thing with bundling, and I've said this before, is you can have one product that's $9.95 and then you can have buy you know three of them so that three of them would have to be in its own box or package. That would be another SKU, so that would be another variation. So that would be a three-pack, which you could charge $19.95 for, and then you'd have a five-pack, let's say. And again, a new SKU and you know everything would have to be bundled. I'm going off on another little area here, but I'm just saying with variations, it allows you to have almost like multiple listings under one uh, one listing. So I hope that answered your question. And yeah, definitely, definitely use them if you can. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question. Hi, Scott. It's Phil Dyken here from the UK. Um, thanks very much for doing the podcast. It's great information and I'm learning so, so much. And I'm sure the audience in the UK is growing, um, exponentially by the week as well because i have connected to uh, one of your podcast contributors last week uh, richard turnbull as well so uh, it's obviously growing over here too so thanks very much for everything you're doing um i've noticed a lot that uh, people are talking about shipping and sea freight sea shipping versus air shipping um and then maybe you've already covered this because i'm catching up with the podcast um i'm a I'm late entrant only up to episode 25 now um but it's been a, a recurring theme and I noticed people are talking about uh, shipping, whether they should make that decision to go sea. Um, I run a logistics business, and um, we do international sea and air. And as a rule of thumb, and this might work for um, most of your uh, audience, sea freight really isn't a viable option until you start getting towards a meter cube in volume. I'm not sure what that is in cubic feet, um, but that's quite a lot. Or about... 500 600 kilos thereabouts um at that point sea freight starts to become more more of an option because by the time you add in all your uh, entrance fees port fees customs fees and also um freight forwarder fees it just doesn't make a lot of sense running out of time i hope um this uh is helpful uh gladly contribute a bit more a bit more detail if people want uh, but that gives uh, a rough outline Okay, so as you can see, this wasn't even a question. This was more of advice, and I love it. Phil, thank you so much for giving us that advice because it's going to help a lot of people. Now, I just did an episode with Will Churland, and he is, you know, he's doing a lot of money. He's doing like, you know, six, he's done over $6 million in the past uh, four years, and he's on track to do, you know, a lot more coming up in the next couple of years. Now, he's got a unique situation because he's got a warehouse that his parents own, so he has tractor trailer loads coming in basically like these big huge containers costing forty thousand dollars you know what i mean like it's just crazy now you know like phil said i mean some of you may be thinking of doing sea or boat because it's you know less expensive you know and it is but like i said when you're first starting out it it just brings a whole nother list of hurdles and obstacles and things that you're going to have to manage and have to kind of connect together And I love it that Phil came in and he's in this business. He's in this space. And he's telling you, listen, you know, I would stay away from doing that. I would try to go air as much as possible or at least for your first few products until you start doing the volume. All right. Now, 
I'm going to go back to what Will Churlin said. And, you know, he was like, you know, yeah, you know, you can probably get a warehouse pretty cheap. Maybe it's two, three thousand dollars a month and this and this, that and the other thing. And then paying for, a, you know, a container. I mean, you're going to have all your money tied up in, in that type of stuff. And then a monthly bill for two, three thousand dollars to have inventory. I just think people starting out, it's going to be a lot to take on. I mean, for me personally, that's a lot for me to take on. I wouldn't even want that right now. Now, in the future, I'm not saying that, but right now, it's just it's too much of 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 something to think about. So, what I would really recommend anyone out there listening is to only look at products that you feel that you can have delivered by air. It's only going to streamline things. And I personally use DHL. They are fantastic. And they just handle everything. Uh, I mean, even if there's an issue, they handle everything by calling you or emailing you and they get on the phone with you. They're pleasant and uh, they handle all of that stuff. You just have to pay the customs fee or the export fee or import fees, all of that stuff, but they'll handle it for you. They'll handle all the paperwork and all of the approvals and all that stuff. So it's just one less thing that you got to think about. So it's really when you're thinking about getting into this business, you're like, okay, what are all of the things that I need to do? Well, you know, one of them is finding the supplier and then getting it shipped here. Well, if you can just say to the supplier, I want to, I want this shipped by air. And then you figure out the price. Now, again, going back, this is where the price comes in. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again. When you're looking at a product and, you know, let's say it's $2 for the product, but yet it's going to cost you $3 to have it shipped here. A lot of people will be like, I can't do that. I can't pay $3 to have something shipped. That's just, just ridiculous. But what's the total cost? It's $5, right? Well, if you can get $20 for that product, who cares how much it costs to get it here or how much it costs for the product? All you care about is the bottom line. So I don't even look at that. Some people say, well, Scott, how much do you pay for shipping? I, I kind of have an idea. You know, I it's usually between 6 and $7 per kilogram, uh, which is about, I think that's about... Well, if I did my math right, it's like 2.2 pounds. I think it is. Uh, but anyway, that's what the going price is. So really, I just ask in my email to the suppliers is I say, this is what I want to know. I want to know what it's going to cost for the product, and I want to know what it's going to cost to get it shipped to this zip code in the U.S. Uh, by DHL. And then they'll come back, and they'll tell me door-to-door is going to be $4.82. So I don't even care what what they're charging me for the product. I don't even care. I just want to know what's it going to cost me to get it here. Um, so I just think that a lot of people get kind of overanalyzing the shipping because they want to get the best deal or they think they're getting ripped off. Don't worry about that. Just worry about getting the product here and getting it in Amazon. That's just something that I see a lot of people struggle with, and I don't want to see you struggle with it because it can really hold people up and get you jammed up. So just move past that, all right? So Phil, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that, and uh, I hope now that they heard it from you know, like almost like the the business that's doing this is mouth that uh, you know it makes sense to kind of stay with air for right now until you you get yourself a lot larger. All right, so that's going to answer that question, or not even answer that question. That's going to uh, well, it is going to. There's some questions out there that I'm sure you have about shipping, so hopefully that answered your question. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to listen to this next one, which is a two part question. And that's why I wanted to play it. And it's two different questions completely. So let's listen to these questions and I'll go ahead and give you my answers. Hey, Scott, my name is John. I'm from Chicago and I just found your podcast. And I just wanted to first thank you for um, all the time and effort that you put in with your podcast. It's really a great resource and I listen to it all the time. Um, I have two questions. Uh, my first question is in regards to those of us who want to private label products. Um, I know you talk and speak a lot about um, finding sources on Alibaba, 
Um, I was wondering, there's there's many different people who suggest that you can actually find uh, different private label companies for supplements, so to speak, or uh, different things, but supplements being one of them, um, through just going to Google and, you know, typing in uh, private label wholesalers for supplements or what have you. And there's a lot of companies that seem to be um, out of the Ohio area that will uh, not only private label your product, but help you with the your logos uh, or your labeling, um, your branding. But then also with some of them, you can start with a very low minimum order of only like 50, um, a 50 uh, uh, minimum order. Uh, product order so I wanted to know your thoughts on that if you, if you have any experience with using some of these companies and if so what are the best practices and uh, my second question is sort of unrelated it's in regards to using video in your in your Amazon listing uh, wanted to know if you have any experience with that and if so does it increase your conversions uh, at all and what would be um, the best practices for the content used in the video and what what are your suggestions on that so again thanks for all the time that you put in have a great day hey john thanks so much for the question the two-part question and uh I, yeah i'm gonna definitely answer these for you and you know what when you're first starting especially everyone wants to go domestically meaning you want to source something in the u.s i would i would love to be able to get everything here in the u.s it cuts down on you know obviously shipping it cuts down on the time and it supports our country i mean you know that at least for me i'm in the u.s you know i would love to support you know the manufacturing process and all that stuff but let's just face it it doesn't make sense price wise and you really can't even compete a lot of times and what i found is when you're trying to find a domestic supplier it's really easy to find one for supplements now i would never say if you're going to go into supplements to go and buy something from china i would i would advise you strongly against that anything consumable uh you just don't know and there's no there's no liability um you know you know i guess um security from a company from China uh, on supplements or anything really for that matter. But in the US, if you if you're uh, sourcing like vitamins, let's say, a lot of times those companies have their own policy. And even though you're private labeling it, it's still it's going to transfer into there. So you, you can kind of almost be safe. Now, I don't know that for sure, but that's what I've heard. Um, but here's the thing. You can do some searches, right? And I've done it, you know, private label, whatever, dog bone, right? I'm, I'm just throwing that out. Or, you know, I'll give you my, my standard garlic press, right? Private label, you know, garlic presses, you know, or, and, and you can even expand and say, you know, uh, private label garlic presses in, uh, United States, uh, or, or from there, you can even just say, uh, sporting goods, uh, private label products or, you know, kitchen goods, private label products, and then see what comes up. You're going to see that you're going to get a lot of results from Alibaba and AliExpress right off the top. But if you keep searching pages and pages in, you'll find other companies that might do some type of private labeling. I have found a few 
I, I'll be honest, but their pricing didn't, I couldn't even do it because it just didn't make sense. I mean, you're talking something that would have cost me like seven, $8 per unit and I could only sell it for, you know, 18, 19, uh, and I could get that same product for two or $3. So it really makes a huge difference, especially when you're scaling. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just think that it's not as easy. Now, are there companies out there that you can do this with? I'm sure there are. It's just, it's a lot easier just to go the Alibaba or AliExpress route. So, you know, it sounds like you're looking at supplements. If you're saying you can get like a 50 minimum order, uh, you know, if you're finding a bunch of these, it's usually supplements, you know, and yes, you can find supplements, uh, in or private label companies in the U S very easily. I mean, with just one little Google search, you'll find them. Um, but I would myself personally, I, I'm not in the supplement space and I don't recommend anyone starting out to go into that space. It's a very competitive and a very catty space, meaning, you know, people are out there just clawing at each other. Uh, it's just really, really, uh, a competitive market, but there's a reward at the end if you can, if you can get in there and compete. But from what I've heard, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of money to compete in that space. So me personally, I like to go where a lot of people aren't going because maybe they look at it, well, that's eh, only 20 sales a day. Why would I want to do, you know, why would I want to do that? Because that's why I want to do it because there's not a lot of competition there. And if you can find five or 10 products that are doing that, you're going to be making a, a mid six figure business uh, just by doing that. So that's to answer that question. Yes, you can find them. You can just Google in their private label or even um, white label is the, the other term uh, that you can use or brand your own products, you know, that type of stuff. But it, again, it's I've done it and it's it's just frustrating because there's not a lot of them out there. And if they are, it's not easy to get in contact with these people, uh, but you can give definitely give it a shot. Um, now, Let's go ahead and answer the second question, and this is about videos, and from what I'm thinking you're saying is video reviews, because we can't leave a a video of our product being demonstrated on our listing. We can't keep that as one of, or we can't include that as one of our options. Um, Now, you may see videos on other listings. Those are for major brands, and uh, they have a certain relationship with Amazon. They must be doing a ton of volume, or they must be, you know, a well-recognized brand where they allow them to put that video on there. But right now, as of the time I'm recording this, videos in your listings are not uh, allowed uh, right now, okay? But you can definitely have reviews in your, uh, in your, or I'm sorry, videos in your reviews. That's something you can definitely do. And yes, if you have them, I do believe Obviously, if they're good, you know, then it can jump up your conversion rate because people then can watch the product, it shows up more, and people can really get to see the product and maybe see someone on camera using it and all that stuff. Images are the same thing, though, really, too. I mean, video is a little better, but but images, anytime you can get images of people using your product or holding it and saying, I love it, um, then that can also boost it because, again, you don't see a lot of them, so they're different. Now, the one thing I will say is if you went after like some of the top reviewers, now, believe it or not, and I, I'll probably do a, a whole episode on this, uh, and I'm going to be testing something here soon on on reviews as far as like the top reviewers in Amazon. There's literally uh, a group out there of Amazon testers, more or less, or Amazon reviewers uh, through Amazon, or Am- I shouldn't say through, they basically get badges and stuff for being these top reviewers, like the top 500 reviewers, or the top 1,000, or the top 5,000, top 10,000. And these People are professional reviewers, meaning they do this to get free product, but they also do it because they want this clout that they're like the top reviewer, right? It's just like 
it's they, they're just going after it kind of like to be a celebrity in the Amazon review space. But the thing is, is Amazon puts a lot more weight on their review. So it's kind of like, and I've said this before, if you have a website and you get Oprah Winfrey to take a link and point it to your website, your website is going to rank really good because it's got this really strong, you know, authoritative link being pointed from Oprah's site, right? Now, if you have one that's just being sent there from someone's site that just put it up three days ago, it doesn't have any history, it doesn't have any authority, it's not going to really mean anything. Well, it's the same thing here. When you have a top reviewer that has a huge history and Amazon loves them as a reviewer, they're going to give you more of a of a boost in your in your ranking and stuff because it's going to show that your product was liked by a top reviewer. Now, again, I'm going a little bit off track there, and I'm going to be touching on this in future episodes because I think it's important. And there's a, like I said, I'm going to be testing this. Um, but a simple thing you could do is just reach out and search for top Amazon reviewers, and then reach out and see if, obviously, if they're in your space, if they'd be willing to you know, test one of your products. And then from there, they can go ahead and leave you a review. And they do everything by the, within the terms of service. They, they leave in there that they receive the product for free to do an honest review and all that stuff. So the video thing, a lot of times they will also, the top reviewers will leave videos because that's what they're doing now. So you, you would get all of those benefits. Um, so you would get them as a top reviewer because Amazon loves them. You'll also get probably an image or a video review. It'll be a well crafted review because they're good at it, right? They know how to write it. Um, so all of that stuff goes with it. So yes, you'll definitely see a bump using video reviews. But as far as including a video in your listing itself, as of right now, that's not possible for us small guys, right? Or small girls, uh, whichever you are. Small sellers, let's say that. Uh, so yeah, so I hope that that's answered the two-part question there. And uh, everyone else that's listening that has questions that maybe you haven't heard on these episodes yet, you can go ahead and ask yours over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And that would be uh, that would be a link there that would have a... Uh, there's a record button there that you can record your voicemail just like these people did, and then I'll play it on the air, and then from there, answer it, all right? And I do genuinely love answering these questions. I could do this every single day. Now, if you go to the blog and you want to listen to all of the past episodes of the Ask Scott, you're going to just go to theamazingseller.com, uh, go there, and then there's a little search box up in the top. Just type in Ask Scott, and all of the episodes with Ask Scott in it will be there, and right now, there's currently five so uh, and this one here is number five. So you can go ahead and uh, and you can do that if you wanted to listen to all of the other uh, Q&A sessions that we've done in the past. All right. So that is pretty much going to wrap it up. I wanted to say again, thanks everyone for taking the time to listen, to, uh, you know, to post your comments, your feedback, all of that stuff, iTunes reviews, everything. I just wanted to again say thank you so much. And oh, if you're new or if you haven't watched uh, the workshop that I recently did, you can still watch that. There's a replay still out, and that thing is getting a ton of people watching it and a ton of people commenting saying how much they're enjoying it and how much it's really cleared up a lot of things for them. It's really the five phases that I use and the processes that I used to launch my first product, and for that matter, every product that I will do in the future will follow these five uh, steps, these five processes. So that there can still be watched at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And if that is gone, let's say that that you go there and that list uh, or that uh, replay is not 
uh, available anymore for for any reason. Um, there will be probably then. Uh, then the reason, the only reason why that wouldn't be there is because I'll be doing another one, and there will be a sign up to go to a live one. So it's either going to be the replay or a live one. So if you go there and you see that, that's why. I just wanted to kind of point that out. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Once again, I really enjoyed doing this for you. I love these episodes. Keep the Facebook group going. You guys are awesome in there. Keep the keep the engagement up. Keep uh, keep the helpfulness up. All right, help each other. And I'm telling you what, we'll make this the best community out there and the most success out there because we all want to be what the one percent. All right, and I know that you can be too. And I want you to remember, I'm here for you. I'm rooting for you. I believe in you, and I know that you can do this. All right. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Have yourself an amazing day or amazing night, and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.